sensation i don't know what causes it but uh maybe maybe blevin flip monk is here uh and i'm giving you again once again third time not in a row but third or fourth time running i've given you time at the top of the hour to let people know why i suck because i'm interested you know it might actually improve my my lot in life you know i had a guy who reviewed uh, an oxbow show his name was uh simon reynolds He's a music reviewer, and he said something that completely changed my worldview by way of critiquing the very first Oxbow show that he ever saw, which incidentally was also the very first Oxbow show. I owe that guy a debt of gratitude, possibly a check. So criticism is welcome. Flip Monk, you hear? We also call him Boston Market, like the guy who goes in Boston Market to complain about how shitty Boston Market is. And I'll see you next week at Boston Market. Those of you who are from Knuckle Up, we remember that that guy. All right, well, he's not going to start. So first of all, let's get something out of the way right now. Um, if you follow me on at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, you'll see what I just sent out, 
which was very specifically a, uh, a photograph of me and Marty G from the JJB goofing off. And I tell you, I tell you, I, you don't need me to tell you this mid lockdown, but I miss jujitsu. I miss it. And you know what I'm going to miss even more? I'm going to miss jujitsu really if I have no academy to do jujitsu. It's exhausting for me personally to be at a normal school. I realize now I cannot do it. The pirate ship that is the Sarau Academy is the only place I can go to learn jujitsu. Now I could go to a, 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 a the only other place that would possibly have me uh, would probably be El Nino. Sports agent extraordinaire Salvatore Russo trains there. Uh, and if he trains there, believe me, I'd be a welcome relief. That's it. That's like two places in the world. And I've been to every other place, but it was exhausting to be at these places, not because the warm-ups were tough, not because the fighting was tough, but because I had to be normal. That's difficult. It's very, yeah, Gil, uh, Gibbler, Gibbler, Gibbler's place. That's the, I went to uh, Manimal in Milan. Okay, there was a language problem there because my Italian is so par, but the instructor was uh, Brazilian and my Portuguese is subpar. So I, I don't know. But the point is, Sorrow Academy, is, is, I've been there eight years. It is, it is my home. So last week when I say we're going to auction off books, I know I just sent the picture, but I guess like Martin Scorsese and Taxi Driver, there's no, there was no reality to any of it. So right now, I, and I have to tell you that Marty G is, you know, the Penn and Teller silent one, but uh, uh, he was a little pissed, frankly, just a little pissed that last week when we had the auction that we kicked off on this show, and the book smells funny, we got zero bids. Zero. Now, I know everybody's suffering. I know everybody's suffering, not buffering. I know everybody's suffering, but you know what? No... What is that great line uh, from Bukowski from uh, Barfly? Uh, everybody suffers, but nobody suffers like the poor suffer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I guess I had to have it. I had to. I had to give you an extra blast of reality. It's a real book, and I'm going to read you samples of it. Yeah, it, it's got. It, it's got. It's got everything in it. I say I can't go any other place because I've been ruined by the pirate ship. It's all in here. Let me let me get let me let me I'll give you I'll give you an example of the establishing page and I'm not going to go any further than that. Now, well, I will. I will read a little bit of it. Let me just pick a page. Uh, here. I'll give you the title page. And on the title page. There, there you go. So, see, that's like a by the author picture that they, they've captured. Ah, uh, yeah, you were. Okay, so, well, I'm getting into it. If you weren't here for last week's show, we'll go through it. And then the book actually has real live commentary from Coach Leopoldo Sorrell, which I'm going to read a little bit to you. And there's a, there's a picture of him at the top sleeping uh, uh, with his socks on on the mat, cozied up to a bag that's all duct taped. Um, and let's just, let's just drop in. 
he's a bad partner because you were unable to do position on him because his resistance and he's scared to do the position. He thinks you're going to be mean to him because he's always going to be mean to you. He tried to correct you and he's not correcting you. Uh, the morning class, the class he's coming. Without him, it's not fun, not too much fun. I like the way he wants to look tough to you because street smart. Oh, I grew up in Brooklyn or whatever. What part of New York he's grew up in? I mean, because he's not street smart at all. Maybe book smart. Maybe street smart for the Stanford kids. And it goes on. This is scintillating. This is scintillating and it smells funny. So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, we're still, still social distancing. I went out to run with the weight vest, almost killed myself. Sauna suit, weight vest, bad idea, noonday sun, whatever. Ran for 45 minutes. If I, at least I go back. My cardio is going to be good. When I, when I started the lockdown, it's 222, waiting at 214. So something is happening. But we're going to bid on these things. We're going to bid. And we're going to bid in the comments during this show. Three of these things, three of these things will go to the highest bidder. Pinko95014 at yahoo.com is a PayPal. Or in, I was going to say that's mine. Or you could send it straight to Sorrell. And maybe that's better because he's going to be the one mailing it out. Info at SorrellAcademy.com. So this is going to be signed. I'm not really the author. Sorrell is more the author. It's going to be signed by me. We'll ship them out. Three. It starts at $40. Full color, hardbound book, collector's item. In other words, there'll be no more of these made ever. And if you don't think you can go on eBay a month from now and sell these to somebody who's an Oxbow fan, you're out of your mind. Anyway, <laughs> well, <laughs> Martin Lawrence had other problems. And the reality of it is, if you just wear the top or just wear the bottom, you'll be fine. He foolishly wore the top and the bottom. I'll never make that mistake. But minimum bid, $40. So um, uh, anyway, and I'll throw in extra stuff as well. But, you know, this is all you can count on. I, I throw extra stuff in the box. You know, i got to get Surratt to go to the post office, which he will do. But that's it. We got three. That's it. It, it was went to one of those places called like Shutterstock where you just do as needed basis. Not going to do any more. This is done specifically to keep the, the Sorrell Academy open. But a, a, in lieu of, I didn't do the big pitch. I didn't say patreon.com slash the stomper. I didn't say uh, uh, PayPal, pinko95014 at yahoo.com to keep this show going. I didn't say any of that. The secret, the secret uh, pay it forward cat. Fan of the show who's gonna set us up, you know, the whole time been saving money for the computer. I don't know if you can see. Let's see if I tilt it. You can see the duct tape I'm using to keep the computer together. Can you see? Can you see it? I don't know if you can see it right there. That's like duct tape. I don't know if you can see it. I don't know if it can be seen. So uh, San Jose. All right, San Jose's in the house. So um, so anyway, can can you still hear me? Check, 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 check. All right, good. Uh, something happened with the little microphone thing. Uh, um, so anyway, so I'm done with the commercials. Uh, good. 
So uh, San uh, Marty G is manning the the, uh, the Sorrell Academy. So if your bid is forty, you, if nobody outbids you, you got it for forty. And there'll be other shit in the package, a la uh, uh, Skull Game T-shirt, a la uh, audio book of the fight book, uh, other other shit, surprise shit. I'll put in there. Keep Sorrell Academy going. So uh, there you go. Anyway, uh, where are we now? This is V111. And, you know, people like, well, how do you choose the topics? And I say, well, they come to me. They'll come to me during 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 the week. You know, I, I'm thinking about stuff. And I remember the conversation I had with a, a friend of mine in Berlin. And I'm in Berlin and I'm talking to this guy. His name is Manuel Liebskin. Yes, he's related to the leaves Daniel Leaveskin, the one who was got reamed in the Freedom Tower bit. He was the architect who got the contract to rebuild the World Trade Center. And this is how I roll. And then there was some controversy and so on. But Daniel Leaveskin, his cousin, a friend of mine, and we're in Berlin talking. And uh, he's laughing as we walk down. He shows you where the old synagogue was in in um, in uh, in in Berlin before Kristallnacht, before the Nazis burned it down. And they're now putting money in and to, you know, putting it back in shape. And as we walk by it, I see guys with machine guns outside. I go, what the, it's kind of a jarring sight. It was like when we went to Bergen-Belsen and my drummer was at the time, uh, this guy, a Russian-Ukrainian cat, uh, Tom Dobrov, is waxing, you know, it was like man's inhumanity, the man, and, and that somehow that we would, you know, we'd rise above and we'd embrace the spirit of uh, the, the beat a bit of bang. And uh, and then right then, F-14s shooting over American military jets, doing like some sort of military drill. And the noise, uh, um, uh, does it have a chapter? What's it say to a guy with one of the... It has a chapter on that too. So, um, so you know, the F-14, I mean, and they're, they're, it's like a strafing run. They're literally about 75 feet off the ground. Like I can see that, you know, I can see the pilot's face enough so that if he were on the ground, I would say nice one. And the noise is deafening. And so Tom is like completely like uh, um, shaken. I mean, shaking you. I mean, you would think Bergen Bells would be enough, but this was shaking. He goes, and he goes, he was passionately goes, fucking people. And and, uh, and he 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 walks to the van. It's fucking it, fucking. It, he's done. He's done with humans. So we're walking down. Uh, me and this Liebskin character walking down the main street there in Berlin, and we walk by the synagogue, and I see the guys with the machine guns. What the fuck? What? what? And, and what is it? Who is this? This is a jarring sight to me. And he goes, you don't know? No, what the fuck? I don't know. He goes, they have to be there. What do you mean they have to be there? He goes, you know, to protect the building. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. This is Berlin. This is like 2002. What are you, what are you talking about? He goes, hey, you know, there is a Polish uh, rabbi who, who moved here. And he was just on TV in, in Berlin, in Germany. And uh, he said, you know, they asked him, well, how is here being here versus being in Warsaw? And he goes, oh, it's, it's much better here. And they go, well, how so? And he says, well, you know, in Warsaw, 
I get beaten up maybe once a week on the street, you know. Um, but here in Berlin, I'm only getting beaten up once a month. So it, it is a practical. It's a, and I go, what the fuck? Who's, who's beating these guys up? And he's like, well, whoever. And so we start, you know, we start, we're walking down, we start talking about anti-Semitism. And, and he says to me, he says, well, and I tell him, I said, I have a friend, he's from Greece, and he's a virulent and proud anti-Semite, he'll tell you, you know, he doesn't care. He goes, you don't know them, he says to me, Eugene, you don't know them like I know them. I said, um, hey, bro, who are you talking to? Yeah, he goes, well, let me just tell you. You know, uh, everyone I know has screwed me over. I go, I haven't screwed you over. He goes, yeah, well, you're a fake Jew. I go, oh, okay, whatever. So uh, I go, but you come from a place where there are no Jews. How many Jews are there in Greece? I mean, there were Jews in Greece. There were Jews all over. But he's like, it doesn't make a difference. The ones I've met. And, and I said, L listen, if you got mugged three times, right, and, and three of those times, the person who mugged you wore an article of clothing that was red. Would you start to develop a kind of Pavlovian reaction to people on the street that you didn't know who wore red? Because that's not the point. The point is, I got, I, I don't, I don't know what the point I'm trying to make. I'm just trying to say that you, your sampling group of two girlfriends that had the good sense to get away from you is not enough to cover the numbers of people on the planet. Who, who, who consider themselves Jewish? You're out of your mind. Like, so he won't be butched. He won't be butched. And, and you might be confused that I have him as a friend. I got lots of friends with bad attitudes and bad opinions. It's all right. My my mind, yeah, New Dawn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Manuel Liebskin says New Dawn is the guy who incidentally slapped the, the, the woman in the face uh, on the middle of a newscast. <laughs> who questioned him about something. So this is the PR strategy. So Liebskin, we're talking about, and he says, listen, I I'm going to have to tell you that I think the responsibility for anti-Semitism lays very directly at the feet of the church. Because you have anti-Semitism in places where you don't have Jews, but you never have anti-Semitism in places where you don't have Bibles. And I was like, oh, shit, that's, that's heavy. That's heavy. It's like, okay, and then Almost on cue when we're in the house, the wife and I are in the house, locked down, sheltering. And I got people, I used in the old days, lend people my, my iPod. Before I got an iTunes savvy, I would just say, here, here's my, my iPod. When, back when there were iPods, before most people listened off their phones. And people would just add stuff, add music to it. And, and I'm listening, this song comes on, and it's an old gospel tune about how, and the song is, and I'm sure you've heard of it, Mean Jews Crucified My Jesus. Um, and, uh, and of course, you know, it's about the crucifixion story, which is why I suggested that you read Master Margarita, uh, because it, it, it goes into, it's got a great Pontius Pilate, several Pontius Pilate scenes. Pontius Pilate was the, 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 the Roman governor or whatever you called him back then. And, and the one who said, well, you know, you could rescue somebody. Who do you want to rescue? And the crowd said, grab Barabbas. They had, they had had it up to here with Jesus did take him, right? Um, so he said, you know, uh, the whole Jew killer, the Christ killer thing, though Christ was a Jew, though all the early apostles were Jews, you know, though the creators of Christianity were Jewish, which is why, uh, which is why largely, you know, uh, Hitler turned his back on, on religion outside of its utilitarian use for him because he thought it was, you know, infested with 
with Jewish thought, uh, much like communism. Uh, so anyway, he blames it on the church. So I'm talking to another friend of mine, Noam Friedman, and Noam Friedman has written a story for me at Ozzy. He's a friend of mine from high school about uh, fighting with the JDL when he was like 10. And that's how, when I first met him when I was 14, you know, that's what we talked about. They were going out, you know, before Rabbi Meyer Kahani kind of revealed himself to be a nut. He was going out and get, having street actions and they were fighting. He was the first cat I saw wear the thing, the never again uh, button. And, uh, and, you know, I always like unrepentant, um, you know, unembarrassed, unapologetic, uh, uh, um, um, line steppers. And that Noam Friedman at the time was, you know, could squat four plates. I didn't know anybody would squat four plates in high school, high school, <laughs> high school. What, are you fucking kidding me? But he was built like a like a fire plug. I need to check on him. He's now a little bit overweight. You check on him, make sure he's okay. Uh -huh. So I asked him about it. Now, Noam is an interesting guy. Uh, and I'm not telling tales out of school. Noam, uh, was a, he did a story for me about choking out Mick Jagger. So if you want to go to Ozzy.com, and I think you type in his name, it might come up. Yeah, in high school. Exactly. There was only one other guy. There was a guy, Arthur Mobile who was impressively physique, but he was a bodybuilder, not a, not a, not a, a, a weightlifter. So, uh, so, so anyway, he, he uh, this gnome character, he, he worked at, uh, at the, at the class show, he choked Jagger, he worked at the class show at Bonds where there was a riot. And so he went from the JDL to the but then like he was after high school and I went to his high powered high school, Stuyvesant High School, low Manhattan, not the one that was by ground zero by a trade center, that's the new Stuyvesant, the old one on 15th Street, which was down near where they filmed Taxi Driver, Touchstone. So um, he, he, he uh, I, I started talking to him about anti-Semitism, and he says, well, let, let's look at it. Let's look at it semi-scientifically, right? He said, um, it's always been an outsider community, right? That's that, that's the nature of it, you know. It's been an outsider community. Uh, um, so let's start with that. It's been an outsider community that that uh, that seemed to. Let me see. I want to get it exactly right. Oh, let me see what he said. And, and I'm sure he, he listens to the show on occasion. He might correct me. It's an outsider community that um, prized education. So I think there was some story that he told me. I mean, he's a he's a much more loaded scholar. And yeah, and yeah, and Brian Green, who was just in the, on the whole Joe Gaines show, also a high school classmate of ours, who's done book on string theory. It was is a high powered high school. Noam also after high school didn't go to college, and suddenly decided he wanted to go to college. And where did he go to college? Howard University, historical black uh, college and university, Howard University. A Jewish kid from New York decides to go to Howard University. That was, I don't say that's ballsy because I know people at Howard University are not animals. They were, but, but that was a, a pure 100% case of put your money where your mouth is. He just felt like it. He dropped out after two years, but he felt like it. He goes, that's the only other place where, where large percentages of the population didn't hold me to be white. 
Yeah. And Lisa Randall. We were all in the same class, a class of 1980. Brian Green, String Theory, Lisa Randall, Quantum Mechanics, Eugene Robinson, the showstopper. <laughs> if I only had pencils to stick up my nose, like Bluto Blutarski. Overachiever, overachiever, there's Eugene. <laughs> so, yeah, Brian was a great guy. He was on the captain of the wrestling team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm well. I can breathe. So uh, so that, that's the kind of cat that Noam is. So Noam says it's outside the community. It was community that prized intelligence. Indeed, I think in the early days, somehow, I, I, I need to go back to him on this, uh, that you were given the choice. And they like, kind of like if you weren't, if you want, they figured out they could educate their kids by having them be involved in rabbinical study because then they wouldn't be forced to be farmers. All right. So what what some bioanthropologists have figured out is that fundamentally by learning to read, by then codifying information and knowledge and passing it on, that over thousands of hundreds of years, thousand years, that that Jews collectively, this is coming from Noam. I didn't make this up. Have actually been able to increase their average general level of intelligence by like two or three IQ points. It's not a lot, but it's just enough to cement the outsider status. We've talked about this before on older shows vis-a-vis -vis presidents. The president is a strange job to have because Americans have routinely said that they don't like the idea of somebody being president who's smarter than they are who's smarter than they are. Hey, man, you made it. All right. You didn't inject, you didn't eat any of those uh, those Clorox chewables I was recommending. <laughs> um, right. So um, so to cement the, the out, outsider status. So, uh, um, <laughs> uh, so, so, uh, so they were all constantly marginalized. And, and then the last piece of the puzzle, the last piece of the puzzle that, that, that he, he tied in was outside the community, prized in, in, in intelligence, uh, easily, easy to uh, identify. I'm going to focus on this one, the easy to identify thing first. And he goes, not prone to violence. And I raised the point. I go, really? Tell it to Meyer Lansky. Tell that to Dutch Schultz. Tell that to uh, 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 Lepke, uh, Bookhalter, you know, uh, uh, Pretty Amberg. There are a whole, there's a whole, all of the, a lot of the earlier boxers, there's a whole panoply of tough Jews all the way through. Organized crime, which then turned into Vegas, which then turned into Los Angeles. They moved, Hollywood was originally in New York. It wasn't called Hollywood, but out in Long Island, all the industry. And then through oversight, they go, fuck it. They kept moving west and they created Hollywood. Bugsy Siegel, thank you. Another one. Well, he said, well, okay, a long time ago, yeah. So, okay, so they uh, were frequently chased from pillar to post. There were pogroms. You remember I was going to do that article on pogroms when I met that guy who's doing a book on massacres. 
And he's the one that straightened my mind because I thought I had something. I thought I had a theory about why World War II and the, uh, the Holocaust was, was unique. And I said, because in all, every, I said, massacres, genocides, democides are rare if you look like, if you look like the victims, right? Okay, we may think Asian people look alike, but when the Japanese rolled into China, they didn't think they looked alike at all. There, there was no personal connection. Japanese slaughtered the Chinese like slaughtering was going out of style. Difference. Separate them out. Us, them. Martin Buber style. I, thou. And so he goes, yeah, yeah, but, uh, but what about the Hutus, uh, the, the Tutsis and the Hutus? And I was like, ah, yeah. And in fact, he was telling me about another massacre recently and somewhere, it, I think it was connected to um, uh, India and Pakistan. And he said that there was some weird phonetic conversational thing that they were just stopping people on the road and asking them to say some word. And that if you had grown up speaking Pashtun or Urdu, you would pronounce this word in a markedly different way than if you were Hindi. And they were just killing them on the road. Killing them, dead. Dead, 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 dead. To the rest of us, they look very much, Pakistanis and, and, and Hindus, they look, they look very much alike. I knew there would be somebody who would say, Hutus and Tutsis don't look alike. <laughs> I know. So I'm just telling you, this guy is shooting down my theory, the massacre guy. Because to me, Jews, at least as they were in Austria and Germany at the time, were fully assimilated outside of the fact that you saw them walking on Fridays to, 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 to Sabbath. I mean, maybe they were conversational, uh, conversational, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, um, uh, uh, facial facial uh, features, maybe, you know, curly hair, you know, tight nap curly hair, you know, thick lips and thick nose, but this was more Nazi propaganda. I'm talking about this and then somebody else goes, language. Go back and watch Shoah, Claude Landsman's uh, 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 nine hour, where they just interview people along the train lines to Auschwitz. And that comes up several different times, the language. Now, Manuel Liebskin spoke Hochdeutsch, He's Swiss. His family was originally from Prague and escaped from the Nazis and the whole thing. But he is Swiss. He's Jewish. He lives in Berlin. Prides himself on speaking Hochdeutsch, which is essentially high, high German, unaccented. It is what intelligent people speak. Nothing to set him off. But if you watch Landsman Shoah, there's this, you know, they, at least three times they make fun of Polish, Polish, uh, Polish Yiddish or Yiddish inflected Polish or Polish inflected Yiddish. So naturally, that my wife is Polish. I say, you know, but she was born in like the 80s. So, but still, and she said, well, I would say, I would say that the language is an issue because it was a, and she's got a master's in philosophy. So, She's game for this. She goes, because it was 
it was a willful show of resistance. Right? I mean, we finally got over, like, okay, all right, you personally didn't kill Christ, I got you. All right. Yes, you refuse to recognize the divinity of this old Jew that we all really hold deeply as yeah, significant for us. Okay, we can get a... But she said that it was her perception that the language issue set people off. Because you only you would only notice it if something bad was happening. And so pretty soon it was horse cart, 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 horse, horse, cart. Pretty soon it was like it became signal intent of of what was wrong. Now I don't speak Polish fluently enough to be able to tell you what Yiddish in, inflected Polish sounds like, but I do know that Polish is an incredibly difficult language. So being able to speak well it is 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 significant. So then I start to think well, why why what is it about resistance that drives people crazy. Like Americans have already said, they don't want a president who's smarter than they are. So the degree to which we've had presidents that we've had, we say we've had uh, 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 Clinton, who had the touch of the common man. See, that was what the whole beer thing was about. I don't want to have a beer with Einstein. Well, I do. I'm saying the average American would say, I don't want to have a beer with Einstein. The fuck are we going to talk about? Einstein would make you feel bad about you being you. And you'd be there drinking and you'd be uncomfortable with your drinking. George W. Bush, people got the sense that he really wasn't that bright of a guy. And they loved him, loved up on him. Ah, I could have it until he made some fatal missteps with the, the Gulf War and the 9-11 and so on. People loved him. And they love, they love him now, actually. And after that, same with Reagan. Yeah, so, yeah. The lines, you know, the the drug pass. Hey, you seem like a hell fellow, well met. The last unabashedly smart president we had, obviously smart, Jimmy Carter, one termer, didn't give a shit. When I worked at Defense Electronics Magazine, I remember talking to military guys, and they said, you know, the the the, the football, nuclear football. You know, there, there's a manual that goes with that. It's a very, it's a thick fucking manual. And I said, I work for I, I work for Nixon. The guy starts to tell me this military guy I'm talking to, and he goes, the only one who read through it that I know, Carter. He actually sat there and read through the manual. I mean, you think you would sit there and read through the manual about a nuclear strike, but other presidents, like I just could, I could tell somebody. Now Obama was was a smart guy, but he was a, a, a unicorn, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm tempted not to let always comment in because I, I, I disagree, but I'm going to put it in, in the spirit of openness. There we go. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Obama, I, I think Obama is a centrist. And at this point in time, I have nothing left in my heart than a centrist. Sorry. But I, 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 did, I did vote for him twice. And he was a bright guy. But he was enough of a unicorn where people can go, wow. I mean, nobody thought he was going to win until the end. And this, it was like devil's advocate. They never see you coming. Came in from the side, boom. 
But that's where the culture war was was really and really picked up steam because the people who felt like they could have a beer with him were very different from the people who felt like not only could they not have a beer with him, but they'd be sitting there the whole time knowing this guy is 10 times fucking smarter than me. The gift of somebody like a Brian Green is, is that is that Brian Green uh, put himself in situations that where his intelligence was was nullified. Captain the wrestling team ran cross country. These things, you know, there was nothing to tip you off. Lisa Randall was cool. She used to have a, had to. She used to. She used to like me, and she made me feel uncomfortable because not because she was smarter. I'm okay with that, <laughs> but because she was super intense. She's talking to me. And I can see she kind of likes me, and I go, ah, I got to do something to to kind of lighten the moment. So she turns around and to reach for something, she grabs it, she comes back, and I've got two pencils stuck up my nose. An homage to John Belushi as Blue Tarski in Animal House. And she just kind of looks at me like, and that was that. That was that. Obama, it wasn't Obama with the ketchup. It was Reagan with the ketchup. That ketchup was a vegetable, unless there was another Obama moment. So, so Noam says, not a violent community, Andrew. So I start to think. Of, I start to think about you know. I start to think about um, blood libel, and I, 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 you know, which was all, often the excuse for pogroms in the past that somehow Jews had done this. Had, it were poisoning the people. If a malady had set on a community, they would look to the outsiders. Uh, a lot of times, because they were driven from pillar to post, they became traveling merchants, and so they had money. Then they start lending money to the kings. Because you know they would also sell to the, well this guy sells they got and that's and that's where Donald Drake came from yeah Reagan Reagan was a racist so uh, um, so I got these books my father was as you may have known or heard me talk about was a bass playing spy for the CIA Air Force intelligence spoke four languages. They said no. They're not. Nobody's ever going to think a black bass jazz bass player is going to be able to. So they had him tour Eastern Bloc countries, and he was supposed to report anything he heard back. All right. There's a, the book. Some guy heard me talk. I wrote about it. Some guy said, "I think your father and my father worked together." He sent me this book on the Stasi, and I remember my father in the one conversation we had t- telling me. Uh, about why he decided not to go to work for the agency afterward. Who knows? He's a liar. Who knows what he could So, so, you know, so, um, why did I bring my father into this? Now I got sidetracked thinking about the, 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 this old man now. What the hell? Where was I? Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, um, so yeah, and yes, the other thing that got me on track was was Reagan. Reagan's racism. Reagan was a piece of shit. I don't care. The guy dies, and everybody loves up on. I remember he was a piece of shit. Personally, cost me ten thousand dollars. Not a sideline at all here. He said, "Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna get low cost student loans, if they give you stu- federal student loans, you got to give something to us. I want everybody who gets a federal student loan to have registered for the draft." I was like, "The fuck, y'all, you forget it." And I refused. Funny later, since I did all ended up doing after college, all this work for the defense industry, but I got forced into that as well. It was just a different type of forcing. So I had to I had to take like a credit card to take ten thousand dollars to pay for my last year of college. 
which then took me 12 years to pay off. That's neither here nor there. So they would blame these maladies, like something would happen, a couple of kids died, they would say, well, you know, those people outside of town, you know, those people who hold themselves apart, uh, maybe they had something to do with it. Let's just ask. They've gone from place to place, they've been traveling, who they could have picked something up from somewhere, we don't know, and they'd get out there and they would lose their minds. Go to Google, type in the word pogrom, watch what comes up. They would lose their minds again and again and again. And there are lots of pogroms that are not, that are, you know, I mean, Cambodia was a prime example of a, of a, of a massacre where the people look very much alike. It wasn't like the Hmong were killing the Laotians or something, you know, um, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, you, you know, uh, nobody's all good or bad, but the $10,000 chased my eye. So um, so I, th I thought when I talked to the massacre guy, I said, yeah, what about Cam Cambodia? They all looked alike. And he goes, yeah, they only killed a million people. I go, well, they only killed like 400, 500,000 with, with the Rwanda, you know. Um, and he's like, well, what, what, it's scale. What are we, you know, the... The Turks and the and Armenians. I was like, okay, my head is starting to swim swimming with all the dead people. What is the ultimate point? The, the point is that that we never kill us. We always kill them. All right. More often than not. So it, 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 you know, I, I mean, and I know several people. Who are are um, are Jewish, biologically Jewish, but their families, like in 46, 47, decided, you know what? I had it. I had it. Had it. I'm not carrying the weight for this shit anymore. I'm not. So guess what? I'm Jewish. Married, married, married a, a goy. Took his last name, didn't go to temple, no Hebrew school, none of it. Effectively, no longer Jewish. Go to church for Christmas, get a Christmas tree, Christmas cards, no longer Jewish. Then there's a whole movement that started in New York as far as I know, Jews for Jesus. Fundamentally Christian Jews, uh, which was it took its, its most notable presence with Bob Dylan, Serve, get to serve somebody. That error pissed off a lot of people. And fundamentally, I'm a Jew who believes in Christianity. So, um, so I, I got it. I got it. Whatever other, however you try, chosen to otherize me before you can do. And we've talked about this. Ojo's the ramping effect. It's very rare for somebody just to burst into violence, how they have to use, use language and thought structures to ramp up to violence. They have to essentially coach themselves, egg themselves. Uh, the guy, not Hackworth, uh, the guy who wrote the book On Killing, Lieutenant David, I can't remember his last name now. The book is called On Killing, saying that he doesn't think it comes natural to humans. He doesn't think it comes natural to any species. He says, you know, snakes, rattlesnakes will wrestle. Tigers do not fight to death. It's a rare animal that fights to the death. And humans, he said, typically in old wars would, 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 would 
distinguish themselves in acts of valor, like Hitler did, save a bunch of people, but would not kill other humans. They know this because of the Revolutionary War, Civil War, they found guns, uh, they found guns unfired on the battlefield. Not because the person was shot, they just hey, they dropped the gun and ran. I disagree. If human history has taught us nothing, it's that we feel quite comfortable with killing. And killing and again and again. But who do we kill? Always the other. Unless we love you. Michael Che once said, I'd rather be liked than loved because people kill people they love, but they never kill people they like. So, so from pogrom to pogrom, and I, I start to look at the book that my father brought me. He brought me back a bunch of stuff from when he was, that's where the story was going, from when he was a bass playing spy. And he brought me back all these fairy tale books. I was a kid, right? You know, I mean, he was, he was a custodial parent until I was like five. So he'd go still on some of these trips or he had them from his trips and he would give them to me. Grimm's fairy tales. And I'm noticing things as an older person. The Rumpelstiltskin. He's got a little skull cap. Got a little vest. I mean, he's... <laughs> I know a yarmulke when I see a yarmulke. Donald Drake. Quack, quack. When will I get... He's got a little... Quack, quack, when will I get my money back? And the king goes, fuck it. Why pay him when I could just kill him? Hallucin like Christopher Browning talks about, you know, Europe was in the grips of a hallucinatory anti-Semitism. Every single quarter it came from. Other eyes. And, and Jules Stryker, the, uh, the Sturmer guy, actually, he, he starts to, he starts to, he starts to, sexualized, which is always at the, I mean, you want to get to the, I've said it before, people laugh at me, I maintain it. It's always sexual. Blood libel. What do you think they were talking about? Oh, the guy who works in the kitchen cuts his finger and he's going to be, no, 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 It was always about co-mingling the blood. It's always sexual. Slaves didn't show up here in tuxedos. They showed up naked. They looked at the side cocktail. Like, Jesus Christ. Boy, our women get a load, load of this, we'll be done. The threat was existential. So Jews in, in Nazi propaganda are always trying to lure Jewish women to do things. If you watch uh, 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 the cat in uh, uh, Schindler's List, and he's talking about Jewish women, he goes, you know, they have a they can, the, the spell, they put a spell over, the, over, your, over your mind, they can So there's this othering that, that occurs. And now from the point of view of the Jew, there's a friend of mine, and there's a point where she said, you know, I'm not going to date, I'm not going to date uh, white guys anymore. And I was like, whoa, hey, easy, what do you mean? She's a, she tells me a story about dating some Irish cat, and they go to his family's house for the holidays, you know, Christmas, right? And... She's fine. Guys, they want to have a tree. They were whatever. They could do whatever. The ball was okay. And um, they they start to say, one of his brothers starts to say some anti-Semitic shit at the dinner table. And she, she kind of looks at her boyfriend, waiting for him to say, whoa, bro, fuck, what the fuck are you talking about? And he just kind of goes, oh, Bobby. And they go on with the conversation. And then she's like, hey, you know, when he said that shit, why don't you say something and he's like, ah, you know, and then she goes, I, I can't take it. 
And this is the nature about anti-Semitism that makes it very different from racism. I've talked about this before. It's that, you know, if somebody says something racist to me about African-Americans, they're really asking for another type of relationship with me. Well, really what they want to do is fight. And they just can't think maybe it's that's an uncouth way to say, let's just fight. So they demean the entire enterprise by throwing racist invective at me, thinking it's going to upset me. You know how many times somebody's actually called me a nigger? I can tell you. Uh, Tommy Smallwood did in 1973, and I chased him and almost murdered him. Uh, and uh, a woman on my block who was black called me that in 1975. She was Panamanian. <laughs> and then right before I left Brooklyn, when I the story I wrote about where I got into the fight with the three cousins out in Bay, Bay Ridge, the thing that got my ear cracked open where you could see the scar if I put my ear closer to it, uh, that's what set that off. Three times. I'm 57. So people have only desired to have that kind of negative reaction three times to my face. One guy, four times, drove by me. He was doing 60 miles an hour when I was walking on Page Mill Road. Somewhere I was walking there and drove by. And I just laughed. The strength of his conviction was like, oh, it's a nigga. He just kept on driving, right? <laughs> okay, bro. Strength of your conviction. I got you. But if you're Jewish... This shit happens to you all the time. You know, people just assume that you're white. And like Noam said when he went to Howard, the only people who ever thought that he was non-white were African-Americans. But see, he was, he, was, he was there in 1980. You know, there hadn't been this kind of creation of the black anti-Semite until, in, until the Nation of Islam, until the burning of the Bronx, uh, and, and, you know... Um, that whole the two shows ago, we were talking about cycling out of lower income into suburbia. But, you know, I still remember Brooklyn when the cleaners was owned by a, a you know, Jewish family, when the grocery store was owned by a Jewish family, when the Italian family owned the, the, fruit, the fruit thing. I still remember Flatbush like that. When I actually would live around, you know, Irish and Italian before they rotated out to the suburbs. So she's like, I just, I can't, you know, unless they've got some sort of minority identification, I cannot go out with these guys. I just, I, I'm, I'm t I don't want to feel this way. I understood 100%, even though in my whole life, my life total was three. Yeah, Farrakhan was a piece of shit. Never fully held account for the murder of Malcolm X as far as that's concerned, but okay, whatever. So, 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 um... So it, it, it is, it is, it is, where, where are we going with this? Um, I, I disagree. Are you trying to like, okay, Justin Gerbils is the fourth. I got you. Okay. Um, so, it, so, okay, we're actually working toward a point here. So, so what Noam Friedman, um, um, well, you know, yeah, he was Elijah Muhammad, but I, I, I still, you know, I, I want the guy to, to answer for. I, yeah, I mean, Nation of Islam still has a lot to answer for, 
Farrakhan, Elijah, whatever. I'm not not, not parsing. So, um, uh, um, so the comments are actually distracting me. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, hold on, hold on one second. Here, let's just do that. Uh, when we do that, hey, guess what? <laughs> Uh, and then and then we'll do this, uh, and then we'll do this to you, you, and then uh, let's do that, and then let's do that. Oh, I, I like I like this driver's seat stuff. This is actually great. Uh, and then yeah, yep. There you go. So uh, anyway, so I, I got eight minutes now. The pressure is on. <laughs> uh, the pressure is on. So, the, the, so the point is, um, the, the, the roots of anti-Semitism outside the community, intelligent, you know, uh, not not prone to violence, um, and e- easily assimilatable. But through language, like in Poland, or or for fatigue, for from fatigue, like my friend in LA, they have decided to have decided to embrace embrace the outsider status. So not only are they saying we are we are separate, separate and apart, but if you want to have that conversation about having it in a beer, you kind of fully understand that Lisa Randall will not be having a beer with you. Lisa Randall will not be having a beer with you. Which makes sure that so people who don't give a shit about about um, <laughs> People who don't give a shit about global uh, uh, um, global uh, 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 inequities suddenly care about what happens in the Middle East. Strange things happen. Strange things are afoot. However, however, <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein was actually a piece of shit. Bernie Madoff was actually a piece of shit. Harvey Weinstein is actually a piece of shit. So, when you decide to purchase his island, what kind of spin, if the shoes fit style, what kind of spin does a bald one put on purchasing a secret island from the estate of Jeffrey Epstein, excuse me, the estate of Jeffrey Epstein, in order to hold an event. Now, I understand a couple of things. It's going to be held in Jacksonville, Florida, but there's still plans for, for the secret fight island. I also heard last, I heard uh, from one of my spies. I wasn't supposed to talk about it a couple of weeks ago because the guy who told the guy who told me got in trouble when the guy who told me told somebody that he told me and the word got back. So we weren't going to talk about it, but it has to do with very much the machinations of the bald one in Florida in in regards to uh, a, a current lockdown, uh, uh, essentially a rejiggering of the fight game. No, I know. There's no, there's no ghost on him, but the money, I mean, do you think he needs to spin this? Does he need to say, this, is, this money is going to the, the estate of Epstein which will then go to pay for the victims. 
Uh, there's a guy on a, on a flatbed truck standing. He's about 10 feet off the ground, standing, looking at me now. Fortunately, I do the show with a shotgun at my side. So I hope he sees that too. <laughs> Prick. <laughs> I understand people who move to places where they can do things without people looking at them. A buddy of mine said, I want to be able to play bagpipes naked on my front lawn. So, um, so yeah, I know, you know, you might say, if I get your UFC, you're fine. I'm not entirely convinced, Trent, I'm with Trent Ryan Smith on this one. I'm not entirely convinced that, 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 that I want to see, that I want to see guys who are desperate for, for money fighting when it's not in their guest, best interest, for starters, that, that it's not in their best interest to fight. I don't, I, I mean, I'm of two minds here. Because I would really like to see Khabib and Ferguson. But even that's not even the fight that we're going to see. Turns out Khabib's father now has come down pneumonia. No reports about whether it's COVID-related. Now he's screaming. But he's not screaming to me. He's screaming to somebody else. He is unmasked. Uh, I, I can't concentrate on that. So, so where, where, does this, where does this leave us? I still haven't figured out the anti-Semitism issue. I still haven't figured out the, the massacring, the assimilation. But there's some, there's, the wife says that it's a language thing. So I think somehow you, there's an understanding on the part of the mind that resists that if you want to be prone to understanding difference as a, difference as a threat, that African-Americans, they are the way they are. Asians, they are the way they are. Latinos are the way they are. But... Uh, same thing that led that led uh, um, this is not going to end well bro bro oh I wish I could pick a video of you of what I, what I'm watching um, no I don't I don't think Khabib is ducking him either uh, but somehow this resistance to uh, irritates people and it irritates people because of the whole smart thing as well well, you think you think you're better than me that you know something that you, that I don't know, and there's a possible lurking possibility that we, that they might. That they might. And and the degree to which people have chosen not to hate me, for example, has to do with the fact that if they accept the fact that I'm smart to begin with, then they say, Well, Eugene's crazy. So that makes me non-threatening. <laughs> he's smart, but he's out of his mind. Anyway, I don't. I. 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 I still haven't. I got. I got the book here, "War Against the Jews," nineteen thirty-three to nineteen forty-five. You know, and I've been reading pretty extensively. I've been reading pretty extensively on this, and I just haven't been able to figure it out. I haven't been able to figure it out. Haven't. But I tell you, anytime there's a national news story and something shitty happens, and I'm sure everybody who's from a, a certain group, you say, man, uh, a couple is murdered on a jog. And you see that and you go, oh, my God. Well-loved committed doctors and a, a husband and wife, you know, high school sweethearts were murdered jogging today. Oh my God. We, they arrested the person. I go, oh. And I'm sure maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one who does this. If you're Latino, you're sitting there and go, please, 
please don't let the person be Latino. You know what I mean? And it's like, you're, you're African-American, like, please, please don't bleed to be African-American. You know, you're Asian, please, or Indian, please don't let, and so you go, the first thing you do before you even get the article, you just scroll through or flip to whatever you're looking at to see who is a person, who is a malefactor. And the answers in which a person is put from your group, you go, oh, this is no good. I can catch 22. Is a feather in the cap or is it a, is it a black guy? This is a black guy. This is not going to be good for us. However, if it's somebody from another group, you do what everybody else does. Exactly. Please don't let it be a man. Please. Please. You know, but there's certain crimes where you just go, oh, okay, shit, man. Yeah, the guy raped and raped. Ah, oh, God damn it. Another, another dude. Not God, why? 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 And I, I try to say people, oh, you know, people. That's no, not people, it's men. It's men. How many guys were murdered by women this past weekend? Some, but vast majority murdered by other men. So so I don't know. I don't this show, I don't I don't know, but there's a tie-in that I feel I feel I feel comfortable finally that that despite the fact that we have a George Soros, a Jeffrey Epstein, a Harvey Weinstein, a Bertie Madoff, and that we've got a whole, a whole rogues gallery of Jews behaving badly, that despite people unfurling, unfurling swastika flags at Bernie, Bernie Sanders events, and despite what's going on on all the pages that I go to where I read about the White Area Resistance League and Rahawa, I don't see largely that in olden times, that we are anywhere close to a program that involves Jews, but by somehow connecting them to to this COVID nineteen thing, I'm not seeing it. In fact, you know that Gantz and Netanyahu have formed a government, giving Netanyahu pretty much everything he wants, even though he's on still on trial for various acts of political malfeasance. It's just it's just escaped notice, really. We focused on the Chinese. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, the, you know, Cubans in America, like my buddy said, he goes, we can't open up relations to America till my father dies because my father has a list and all of his friends have lists. And if they get to go back to Cuba, they're going to act on those names that are on those lists. So you just can't. They won't forget it. So F Floridian Cubans. You're just not gonna. You say Q. No, they were never gonna be cool with that. Never gonna be cool with that. So, uh, so you know, the, the anti-Semitism. So, are we on the? Is this on, is this something new happening? Yeah, we have people in Charlottesville saying Jew will not replace us. But on the other hand, you know, we haven't tied COVID nineteen into it either. We haven't seen any. You know, I remember one case in which they busted some guy. For some some guy for selling uh, munitions to uh, pa to Palestinians that were being used to kill Israelis, and then they tracked it back and discovered that the guy selling the weapons to the Palestinians that were going to clearly be used to kill Jews was an Israeli Jew. Yeah, <laughs> I, I you know. And I and I and I know the guy must have been like, "What? Come on! I got to make a living too. Come on!" 
you know? It's not my job to tell them how to use what they buy after they buy it, please. Like a good arms dealer would say anywhere. Um, but uh, uh, so does this mean that that outside of the show anti-Semitism that you see, that the wingnut anti-Semitism that, that is passing, and that we can see the instinct in it, it it's on it's it's on co-joined form now that people are paranoid about uh, Chinese Asians. In other words, we've stripped the clothes off of, of this thing that takes other smart, not going to have a beer with, kept apart, and we've separated from the, the blood biological basis that the Nazis hinged it up with. And now it's just free floating. Now because of COVID-19, we focus on Asians. And I've been reading lots of things. I, just, I published something like that. And I, I gave it a very clever title. It was Asian Anger, a, a Model Minority No More. Because after 9-11, anybody who was, you know, looked vaguely Middle Eastern or was Indian or Sikh or any of these groups had to deal with, let's call it the niggerization. <laughs> Or a more politically comfortable term would be the otherizing effect. They were getting pulled out for secondary screening. They didn't like it. They didn't like it. And now, now Chinese people are being cases are being assaulted on the streets in London, all over. Take your COVID, beating them up in Poland. I mean, Silver Klein, you know. Dark cloud, silver lining. Maybe the silver lining is that when you when you can kind of when they're no longer co-joined the actual blood issues. When we take that impulse, that democidal, genocidal impulse, and separate it out from a very specific pedigree as has been applied through pogroms or through anti-Semitism, you can see that really what it is is this instinct for destruction. We have instincts for you know survival. We survival instincts. Uh, but instinct for, you know, the Thanatos aspect of it, the death-dealing aspect of it, that unhinged from, from biological pedigree, we can see it naked and unadorned when it, and it works now that we're focused on COVID-19 and Asian paranoia. We've gone through periods of Asian paranoia before, the yellow peril. Again, weirdly sexual because, you know, that's how things get, you know, that's how things get, uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? That's how things get transferred, right? Most directly and most radically. In the early days of HIV and AIDS, it was Haitians. Haitians, gays, and, and hemophiliacs. Yeah, and, and, and now, and now, um, uh, 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 and now, what, in, in China, they're turning to Africa. It's the Africans' problem. <laughs> so we see it, now it's unadorned. It's not connected to biology. It's this idea of, 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 uh, and I'm not saying anything especially radical here. It's this idea of, you know, aggressive distancing me from you. Not us. You, we don't kill us. We kill them. Asia turns, Asia, Asia, China had 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 done something that America was too has been too stupid to do. They've been investing heavily in Africa, but when you open the door into Africa, you also open the door from Africa. 
African guys have been getting killed in China for a long time. I've collected these stories. When Russia was trying to go into Africa and say, hey, hey, listen, we're not like those American imperialists. You could come, you could have a perfectly good life here. But African guys were turning up in, 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 uh, in rivers in St. Petersburg with their cock and balls cut off and jammed in their mouths. Always sexual, always weird, but sure, but uh, um, uh, but um, yeah, exactly, yeah, white air and resistance league. So those guys, those guys are just, those guys are just, those, those are those are wing nuts. You're gonna have those wing nuts, like you got the people with the the hats with the 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 moon rocket radiation. They're gonna exist, but it's interesting to see that this spirit unhinged from you know the biological kind of pogrom instinct of Jews or See, now focus on Asians. You can see it separated out. It's just this thing. It's this process. Yeah, 110%. Just a process. And somehow the bald one, you know, it could be like somebody said in the comments earlier, he doesn't give a shit. He just cares about money. I think, I think there's something going on with that, like with Trump as well. But it was like, it's like the kind of Archie Bunker thing. Those people are good with money. Let them take care of the thing. So we can get closer or further away from actually actually bonding it to the skin, the flesh, and the sinews of, of a category of people, which then comfortably eases the skids to, to genocide or democide. But we're not talking about that. It's interesting to see it's been unleashed now. First person to tell me was a guy who got it twice. Uh, he wrote a piece for me on, uh, on Ozzy. And he said, you know what, how it got to Milan? All the stores, the grocery stores in Milan are owned by Chinese people. We're calling back and forth to Wuhan. They're the ones who brought it here. Is it true or not? I didn't put it in the piece. Because I don't know that to be the truth. And nor does he. And I've been to Milan and I don't have any recollection of all the grocery stores being run by Asian people. But you see, this is how it works. It cast around, and it's like uh, there's a great line by Nick Cave: "Step it on the rampant with a cloven hoof." And he turns to you and points and goes, "There's your man. I got proof. The accuser." It's an interesting device. I don't hold too much with Christianity, but it's an interesting device. The accuser. That is a spirit that drives it. This has only marginally been about the secret island. That was just a touchstone to talk about how I think we're okay seeing it separated from, from actual biological victims. It just searches. And when it finds, it stays where it, where it stays on what it's found. There's a great Twilight Zone where they talk about paranoia, about extraterrestrials, about how free-floating it is. They're chemical precursors. If I start to panic right now on this show, right now, with you watching, chemical reactions in your body will begin, begin the process of you sharing in that panic. Now, I'm not saying you're going to run from your house and shoot a bunch of people, but you'll feel it inside. You might laugh it off, but you'll feel it inside.
I'm coming in right now through your eyes and through your ears. You will have to short circuit that and tell your brain it's not really happening. Whatever panic is driving Eugene right now doesn't is not coming through the computer. The guy on the truck who's looking at him right now has nothing. He can't reach me. But you have to tell your brain that. But that accuses. That's the spirit that I've been focused on. That's what I've been trying to fucking track down for years. That's why I tracked down Anton LaVey to talk, talk to him to see if he knew anything about it. Like a friend of mine calls him Anton Levy. And I got, strangely enough, have a lot of anti-Semite friends. I got a lot of strange friends. But I remember something Jack Welch, noted racist and former head of GM, once said. And he said, you know, you ju I judge the quality of the man by, uh, by the, uh, the number of friends he has, the number of associates. So I'm going to end this show. I'm 13 minutes over. Um, I'm guessing that you sent your, your – you, the top bid I saw was 60. Did you send it to info at sarauacademy.com? I gotta, I gotta do some things with this show afterward. I gotta tell you, it takes me about fifteen minutes. So by seven thirty, I will have called Soral. I'm gonna be really fucking disappointed if nobody's bid on this book. Keep in mind, if nobody's bid on it, that we got three of these. If nobody's bid on it, that means it's yours for forty. I like that. The name. Clearly, it has something to do with the name. You can't accuse, as you work as the accuser, you can't accuse nothing. That guy over there is not the same. Which guy? That guy. Which guy? That guy raped the girl. Did he? Which guy? That guy. Who? Don't know. That Puerto Rican guy over there. Ah, now we're getting somewhere, says the accuser. Those Puerto Rican guys, they've always been raping those girls. Those Puerto Rican guys. Fill in the blank. Cuban. There's a black guy. Anyway, that's the end of the show. This was uh, usually the show ends up in a nice ribbon. This doesn't end up in a nice ribbon. This is, this is food for thought. In any case, uh, next week, this time, we should be talking about a fight that's about to happen if it's not canceled. Watch what happens with the death toll in Florida. See if it makes a difference. But closely, we're getting to the point where people are willing to make genocidal, uh, 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 genocidal uh, decisions. I asked a Trump friend of mine, I said, hey, if your father had to die to save the economy, would that be okay with you? He goes, fuck that. Fuck the economy if we're talking about my father's life. I go, that's because you got a good relationship with your father. If it was my father versus the economy, I would take the economy. If it's my mother versus the economy, fuck the economy. It's a free flow standard. What about if it's you sucking on a tube, trying to get your last breath in? I think you'd say, fuck the economy. Or you say, you know what? I've had it. I've done it. I've been there, done it, been there, done it, done it, been there. Anyway, the show is done. 15 minutes over. You got yourself 15, 15 minutes extra to talk about this fabulous book, the Eugene S. Robinson Guide to Gym Etiquette, put together by the, the other inmates at the Sorrell Academy now being auctioned off. 
Now be <laughs> yeah, Crappington or the economy. I choose the I choose the economy. So now being auctioned off now, and probably until uh, we get rid of three books. So anyway, stay stay healthy. Wash your hands. Don't leave the house. That's what I'm telling you. Go or if you do leave the house, go to go out running like I've been doing. Run fast. Avoid other humans, which is what I do all the time. Tuesday night. Uh, another special, uh, yeah, there's If the Shoes Fit, but before that, we're going to record uh, for the Let It Roll podcast, another edition on the Hip Hop evo uh, hip hop Evolution, which then, if you pay a dollar, you get to see it appended to If the Shoes Fit. Other than that, let's hope we all make it to next Sunday. Breathe right. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you soon. Look what you made me do! Ah!